Thank you, brothers and sisters. Um, it is our joy to be with you all this morning and uh, just to be able to see you face to face and tell you thank you face to face. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for your love. And thank you also for how you support Joe and Jesse as well, our friends and our partners there. Just want to give just briefly before we get into Matthew chapter 6 again, just a few updates. Last Sunday, Joe got to baptize four new believers at our church. It was such a joy. Three of them, um, two, two men I haven't even met yet, found us online, and, um, and the other is a couple, um, man and woman who will be married probably in the next year, and we've been uh, sharing the gospel with them the past year or two, and <laughs> you're so, we're so happy for them, and at the same time, we wish we could have been there in person, but uh, just rejoice with us that God is working and moving among the Thai people, and he's doing as he promised, building his church. And what a joy it is to partner with you and uh, seeing how Jesus would do that. It's such a joy. And what's next for us, I just want to share with you briefly also before we get into the text, is um, as was shared already this morning, is we're getting really excited about looking for a new location for our church. The church started in our home. We were there for a few years. And then after that, we started meeting in the hotel room, as you saw in the video, and now we're trying to find some land or a building or something of our own because we feel like it's time and we're just kind of being hindered only getting to visit in that one spot for only two hours on a Sunday. So pray for us about that. Um, pray that Lord, the Lord will send, you know, give us wisdom, guidance in finding the, the right place, the place that he wants us to have. And as we've been here visiting different churches, all of the love offerings, everything that people have been giving to us has been going to a special account for that. And so we're really excited to, when we get back at the end of this month, to tell our brothers and sisters, hey, look, your brothers and sisters in Christ in America have given this, and now we've got a good start uh, to find a place of our own to start worship again. So please pray for us about that. Also, what's next for us that I'm really, I'm really excited about, something we've been praying for since the beginning when we went to Thailand is just praying that God would give us faithful men, you know, praying for more Joes in Thailand that we can pour into, and the Lord has answered our prayers. And we have three or four men that we are looking forward to when we get back, starting an internship within our church, and training them, and I'm just really excited to pour into these men, and we pray that they would be someday taking my spot, being elders, pastors in our church, and maybe we will even, Lord willing, be going with some of them or one of them to start a new church in the future. We don't, we don't know how the Lord has that all planned out and how that will work, but pray for us about that, and also... What we're excited about, that has, something that has to do with that, is Lord willing, Joe will be very happy to finish his, <laughs> his schooling next year at the, end of, at the end of next year. And one of the things that's been on his heart and mine as well is a pastor's conference. We've even had people contact us through the teachings online, um, sharing with us their desire for some kind of pastoral training conference. And so we've been holding out and preparing for that. So pray for us. We hope next year that we will be able to gather in one place uh, the few pastors that are in Thailand and encourage them, equip them, and pray God will bless that. Another thing that we're looking forward to and just ask that you will pray for us about is education, schooling. Because of our context, um, we'll, let me back up and say this, we, we dearly love uh, the people in our church. And a lot of them have young kids. There are young families in our church. And one of the problems that they face is where do the kids go to school? Uh, the Christian, the few, very few, like one or two Christian schools that is in a city of 10 million people is way too expensive for them to afford. 
And so the only option they have is to send their kids to public schools. And as I think I've shared with you before, many of you probably already know, the public schools will teach about Buddhism. They'll even take a time out of the, the day and they will bow down to you know, the Buddha, the, the golden images, like we see in the Old Testament. It still happens in so many places around the world. So pray for us. The thing I ask you to pray for us about is, should we start a Christian school? Or should we start maybe gathering together or creating some kind of homeschool curriculum for the Thai people so that they can teach their kids? And so please pray for us about that. And one last thing I want to ask you to pray for, um, as it was already shared, is pray for Brittany. Pray for the baby, baby boy coming. We're very excited. He's, he's due, Lord willing, in September. And as you know, our, our, our kid's name is Josie, JJ, Joy. So everybody's telling us we have to have a J. I'm not sure. We're still talking about that. And uh, so I've been calling him Junior. I don't know if that's going to stick or not. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, pray for us about that and pray that, um, yeah, the Lord will just help us as he's always been faithful to do so. And we, we hope to make it back in Thailand by the end of the month. So pray for our family. That's going to be, uh, it's going to be hard, especially for grandparents. But please pray for us about that. So that's just in a, a nutshell, just a brief, what we have, what's been happening, and what we have to look forward to. So before we look into Matthew chapter 6 about prayer, let's just take this time. And I love how this Thai people say, we would put our hearts together and pray. Let's pray together. Father, we just want to stop and just tell you thank you for your grace and your love in our lives. We thank you for Jesus, and and Lord, it's in Jesus' name we come to you and just ask that you bless this time, Lord, that you would teach us the importance and how special and sweet this very thing is, communing with you, praying to you. So Lord, I pray that you would help me at this time, Lord, you know I need you, your help. Help me to preach, Lord. We pray that your spirit will move and help our hearts to understand the necessity, how we should prioritize private prayer in our own lives. So, Father, please speak to us. Holy Spirit, come and help us during this time. We thank you so much for this time that we can open your word and hear from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 through 10. But before we go there, I want to tell you why, why we're going to be looking at this text. Recently, um, I had the privilege of preaching through 1 John in our church at North Bangkok Church. And one of the verses that stood out to me as I was preaching through 1 John was 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, which says this, whoever says he abides in him, talking about Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And after I was studying that, that passage and preaching that passage, it just put me on this new, renewed journey and passion to learn more about Jesus, the characteristics of Jesus. If we're supposed to walk like him, we need to, and he's our model and our example, to know his life better so that I can, I can with, by God's help and his grace, try to model after him and be more like him. Because like Romans 8.29 says, we are predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. And so as I was looking at his life, one of the things that stood out to me was that Jesus was a man of prayer. And so this morning, I want us to look specifically at private prayer, which I believe is one of the most wonderful gifts and privileges that, Christian, that we Christians have, that we can come to him at any time and be with him and pray to him. But I think sadly, at the same time, it might be one of the most neglected things also 
I'm so thankful that, to be, that we're able to be missionaries in this day and age because we can call our family at any time. Well, if they're, if they're awake on this side, we're 12 hours, um, right? It's, you just switch the a.m. and p.m. Right now, it's 11 p.m. in Thailand. So when, we, when we're able to talk to them and see their faces, it's such a blessing, and I'm so thankful to God for it. But as many of you know, if you have family who lives far away and you don't see them for a long time, it's not the same, is it, as being face-to-face with them. I believe prayer is very similar to that. We get to commune with him, speak to him, right? God speaks to us through his word, and we speak back to him through prayer. But we can still long to be with him, right, like the psalmists do, long to, be, to see him face-to-face, to be in his presence. Psalm 119, which I'm so glad you guys are memorizing. Psalm 119, verse 10 says, With my whole heart... I seek you. And I want us to ask ourselves this morning, when is the last time that we've, we've come to him, to the Lord in private prayer and sought after him with our whole heart? There's a beautiful promise in James, James chapter 4, verse 8, which says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Isn't that a beautiful, wonderful promise? So this morning as we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, I want us to first see how Jesus, when he teaches us to pray, he will, teach, he will first show us how not to pray, as we're going to see together in verse 5. So this is the middle of Jesus' sermon, right? The Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, 6, and 7. And in verse 5, Jesus says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What do they love? They love to be seen by others. And Jesus said they will receive their reward. And what is that? The praise of men. It is so easy to be spiritual on Sundays and in front of other people. But as we were going to look at this morning, I want us to think of what is going on in our lives Monday through Saturday. And also Jesus goes, continues on in In verse 7 and 8, continuing to tell us how not to worship. He said, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases, or other translations will use the word meaningless repetition or babbling. Do not heap heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And aren't you thankful for that? Sometimes when when we're praying, we don't even know what to say, do we not? And we just say, Lord, you know. Jesus said, do not be a hypocrite when you pray, right? And in the context, in verse 2, Jesus says, do not be a hypocrite in your giving. And right here, he's talking about do not be a hypocrite in your praying. And look with me in verse 16, he says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Do not be a hypocrite in your fasting, which, look, I think that's so interesting. Jesus said, and when you fast, Jesus assumed his his followers would fast, which I wish we had time to even think about that. I I would even recommend to you, if you haven't, if, you've, if you haven't fasted or studied about that, John Piper's book, um, A Hunger for God, and Paul Washer's little book or booklet on fasting is so good to help us to see. That's another, sometimes a neglected spiritual discipline that is so good for our hearts. So from the heart and brief is better than many eloquent words with no sincerity. I know maybe some of you are thinking, well, that's not me. I haven't, you know, we're talking about how not to pray. My problem is not standing on the street corners praying out loud for people to see me, right? Or maybe you're thinking, you know, it's not my problem when I pray. I really, you know, even, it's not just vain repetition. I really mean it with my heart when I pray. And so I would just want to point out, and I would just want to park here for just a minute and examine our hearts. Maybe 
It can be the sin of omission, right? James 4, 17 says, whoever knows the right thing and to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Maybe it's for us the sin of prayerlessness. That we're just not praying as we ought to. So I just want to just take a little bit of time right here and just, just mention a few things that maybe are keeping us from praying as we ought to and just take some time to examine our hearts. First thing is maybe it could be just distracted with so, so much noise, so many things. Maybe just too much media, just mindlessly scrolling through our phones, flipping through our chan- channels or our TV. May God help us to see if that's what's causing us to not pray and spend time with him as we ought to, right? Because I even have to get on to myself sometimes. I'm thinking, I tell myself, Brandon, why, do you, why are you running to hear from man instead of coming to hear from me? Our time here is precious. I recently, last week, did a, a funeral for somebody, a friend in the family. And it's just always a reminder, right, that time is precious. The Bible says that life is a vapor. Our time is so precious. May God help us to see and help us not to waste our precious time, right? Because this isn't just a, a duty, right? Prayer. It's a delight that we can be with him. So may God help us to see the beauty in that. Another reason that maybe we're not praying as we ought to is because we don't believe in the power of prayer, right? We understand that God is sovereign and we just don't understand why should we pray, but the Bible, many verses, just even one of them says, you have not, why? Because you ask not, right? And there's even lots of examples in the Bible. Acts 12, right? Peter's in prison. The church is praying in a home. God answers their prayer, sends an angel Peter's out. He goes, knocks on the door. Remember, the servant Rhoda answers, and then they, they, she tells the people who are praying for him, and what they didn't even believe. And how many times, right? I even have to catch myself when I'm praying that sometimes I don't even have the faith, right? And we're not alone, right? We, we see the saints of old, and even now, sometimes we get to say, God, thank you for the faith you've given me, but help me with my unbelief. May God help us to believe in the power of prayer. Another reason that we, we may not pray as we ought to, is because of secret sin. Secret sin is more deadly to relationships than we know. We're talking about communion with God. And it kills the joy and intimacy we have with our God, with our wife, with our kids, with any relationship. Matthew 5, 8 says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So brothers and sisters, may we fight sin on our knees. May we ask God, to help us to kill the sin that's in our life. John Owen said this, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Oftentimes we will look to our own flesh to battle sin in our life and we forget about these divine resources that God has given us, right? His word, prayer, one another, right? Confessing your sin to one another, accountability. And oh, it's sometimes, why do we, brothers and sisters, we cannot try to fight secret sin in the dark. We must come to the light. We must use these things that God has given us to fight sin. One of the, I, I'm sure I knew this truth, but when God had just helped me to understand and really believe in it, that we are not slaves to sin. We are slaves to Jesus. He is, we can overcome whatever we're fighting and we just think there's no way we can. And we are supposed to grow in holiness. And as we grow our communion with God, we become sweeter and better. And oh, may we fight for joy, fight for communion with him, and put to death sin. Another reason that maybe we don't pray as we ought to is we're just too 
busy, just so busy. And we think sometimes it's like a virtue, right? When somebody, and it's kind of like a, a normal greeting for us here, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy, right? And I feel like since we've gotten back in the States, so many ball games going on and things, I'm just thinking like, man, it, is, it would be difficult here. You just can get so busy so fast. And it's, we don't want to be, right, the, the Bible warns us not to be sluggards, to be lazy. We should be busy doing good things, but we have to prioritize things, right? And as Christians, we hear it so many times that sometimes we just start tuning it out, right? Prioritizing Bible reading, prioritizing prayer, but they are so good for our souls, so sweet. Even when our, we're teaching our kids right now, right? We're homeschooling, teaching our kids to read, and they're even sometimes asking, like, why do we read? Because God's word is a word, and we can read it, and it is so good for us. Do you know, and this, I'm, I'm sidetracking a little bit, and I'll try to get back, but there are still over, I think, 3,000 language groups in the world who still do not have the Word of God in their language. And we are so blessed to have the Word of God in our language and so many great books for us. May we not make ourselves too busy that we neglect the Word and prayer. Relationships are so important. Another reason, and I have only just two more, is that another reason that we don't pray is because we think we're strong. We don't understand how needy we are or we think we have it all together or that we are in control. Only people who know they are weak and needy pray. Is it not true, right? In our lives when we feel like we're the needy the most and we understand how weak we are is that we pray. And may God help us to see right now at this moment we're all needy. A.W. Tozer, right? He wrote that need is a creature word. We are needy people. God is not, but we are. And may God help us to see how needy, need of him we are. And humble us so that we will pray. And the last thing that I want to share, and I share this just because of the context we're in, right? The Bible Belt. Another reason, and maybe the main reason that, that keeps most people from praying is that they don't know God. All Christians pray. Writers before us, you know, um, famous Christians and, and heroes of the faith, they would often write that prayer is like breathing for Christians, Right? Do you remember when you were first a, a baby Christian? Right? We don't know the right words to say. God already knows, right? Even babies, before they even have a language, they can cry out, and we pray. And I, I just say this because I don't want anybody here who thinks like, okay, prayer sounds good, and I, that's right, I need to be doing it, but then you don't have a desire for it. And it may, it could be, it might be that you just don't, you don't know him yet. And my prayer is that you will be born again, right? Because the context we come from, when we're asking, we're talking to people about Jesus, we ask them, have you heard about Jesus, right? And I wish, I wish everyone, I, I wish we could just go to, like that, to Thailand, be there, and you could go into the villages or even in the city and see people who have never heard of the name of Jesus. That those, millions of those people, billions actually, still exist. Unreached people, meaning they have little or no access to the gospel. They'll be born They'll live their life and they'll die without ever meeting a Christian, without ever seeing a Bible, without ever hearing the gospel. So when we're there, we have to ask them, have you heard of Jesus? But when we're here, we ask them, you know, not do you love Jesus or do you know them, but do you really love him? Do you really know him? Right? Because one of the things that, that breaks our heart, probably the, I, I, I'm sure Brittany and I can say breaks our heart the most, being back, is just seeing how so, so many people in our family and our friends who say they they love Jesus, but their life looks nothing like his, right? The Bible said if you say that you know him, you must walk like him. And that grieves 
our hearts. And the Bible's so clear, right? It's not about decision. It didn't say go out and make decisions, but go out and make disciples, right? Because when you see in the Bible, it doesn't highlight or just talk, talk about decisions. What does it talk about the most? Transformation, right? And it's so dramatic. Darkness to light, death to life, new creation, born again. Radical and complete transformation, being God-dominated. And I understand some people were thinking, well, I'm here, I'm at church, or I'm watching, I'm, you know, watching online or listening online. And what, what worries me is sometimes when I'm here, and I see this in my own family, and I, like I say, I don't say this lightly, it grieves my heart. It's, as a lot of people I see, Christians or people who think they're Christians here, will go to church just like the Buddhists will go to temples. Like they think just, they're making merit. They're just doing it to earn God's favor, to think they're right for God, with God. So I ask you, not have you trusted and repented, but are you trusting and repenting? I love the Thai words for trust and repent. I feel like here repent has to be kind of exp- explained, um, but in the, in the Thai language is so beautiful and it's so clear. The word for repent is klap jai. Klap means to turn back. Right? If we're driving in, in Thailand, we have to look for the sign that says klap rot, which means you, you have to turn your car back, right? The U-turn. Klap jai, jai means heart. When your heart turns away from sin or your heart turns back to God and then trusting in him, Wang Jai. Wang means to place or to put your heart. We place and put our hearts in Jesus, in him alone. So I ask you this morning, no matter how many times you've, you've been to church or you've been here or anything, have you turned your back on the world? And have you put your faith in Jesus? Or are you still, as one preacher called it, following the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I? Have you, Jesus said, I am the gate. Have you walked through, have you, are you in him? How do you know you've walked through the narrow gate? Because you'll be on the narrow path. Your life will be different, right? We'll be different than everybody around us. Our family will start thinking we're weird. I remember when I became a Christian and my family, my parents didn't go to church and I was maybe around 11 or 12 years old and then I just started becoming weird and we're still weird, a lot of our family members, right? Because you're on the narrow path, but it's the best path. Are we sinless? Do we, right? You know the Pilgrim's Progress, sometimes you come off the path, but by God's grace, he pulls you back, right? Every time. And praise God for that. So that's just a few of the reasons why we, maybe we don't pray as we ought to. There's maybe distraction, sin, too busy, pride, or unbelief. And with, with our time that we have, I want us to go back and see where Jesus told us, how he taught us how to pray. So look at me, if you will, in verse 6. Matthew 6, verse 6, Jesus said this, and I love this verse. I I will spend every, I pray by God's grace, I will spend every day of my life trying to practice this verse. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Private prayer, secret prayer. And what did Jesus say? And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. What is that reward? Answered prayer? Yes, I believe so. Of course. But I think the greatest reward, the best thing that God can give us is himself. So may we prioritize private prayer. Stay there until we meet him. Be with him before we're with anyone else. The best thing that I can do as a husband, as a father, as a preacher, or whatever hat I'm wearing at that time, the best thing that I can do is to be with God first. 
to be close to him. So may we make time, schedule it, discipline ourselves in prayer. And busy, you know, moms and dads who have young kids and you just hardly have any time to yourself, I want to comfort you. If you miss some mornings or you, although you don't have those times, if we miss this, this moment, these times with God, God doesn't love us any less because we, there's nothing, and that's what amazes me, right? There's nothing we can do to make God love us more or less. But this time, oh, may we fight for it. Find time, whether it be in the morning, at night, or doing like Jesus, right? Slipping away during the day to be alone with our Lord. I love when, um, there's so many things that are right or precious about children. One of the things I love the most is when our children just come up to you, to, to us, you know, and, and then hug our legs and just look you in the eyes and say, Daddy, I love you. It's like, you just, you just want to give them anything after that, right? And I know they're going to kind of figure that out later maybe, and you got to be careful maybe when they're teenagers, but, but right now when they're, you know, just nothing, they did nothing wrong, they're not asking for anything, but they just simply come to you and just say, Dad or Mom, I love you. Just melts your heart. And, when I, and every time they do that, it just makes me think of my prayer life. How many times am I coming to the Lord without asking for anything, right? And just telling him that I love him. I remember when the first person challenged me and said, just try to pray for five minutes without asking for anything, right? There are, it is our, our, our delight and duty to pray, right? To intercede on behalf of people who will not go to God and to pray for them that God would hear but there are also those times where we can just go to, in, to him in prayer and just tell him how much we love him. And oh, may we pray like that and that God would help us to do so. And another thing I think of when you're talking about praying is just thinking about who we are when, when we pray, right? Because we say Father, right? As we're going to look at in just a minute, Father in heaven, that we would understand who we are, that God will help us to understand the reality and the realness of it, that we are sons and daughters of the king. Oh, that God would help us to understand that. Because if you, you know, when, I'm t- when we're talking to the Thai people, they have a king. They have an actual real king, a real life king. And they, they understand if they had the privilege to contact him at any time, right? To call on his name, to have his number, they would understand what an honor, what a privilege that would be. And may we see that, right? That we can come to him at any time and to pray. And I love when we're looking, speaking of Jesus' Jesus's examples, how he would even pray all night, right? When we have those sleepless nights, maybe our kids wake us up, or we just can't sleep, or we're just struggling with health things, or other, whatever it is that's keeping us from sleeping, that those nights are sometimes the best times of prayer, when it's quiet, right? And moms, oh, you can, you're just so much power in prayer, what you, what, how God can use you to shape and to move Churches forward in their, in their health and their, their ex- extension of reaching out in the community and being used by God's glory when, when people pray. And I love when, you know, I, I heard one pastor point this out. And was, you know, we're, we're right here in the middle of Jesus' sermon, right? You, many of you maybe have heard of Charles, you know, C.H. Spurgeon. I, I quoted him in the, the video. They, all, they called him the, the, pre, the prince of preachers, right? But right now we're in the middle of the sermon of who? The king of preachers. But... What's interesting, and in the Bible, you don't ever see somebody come up to Jesus and say, teach me how to preach, or you know, teach us how to cast out demons or to heal. But what did they ask him? What is the thing that impressed him that made them marvel the most? In Luke 11, they asked him what? Lord, teach us how to pray. And I'm so thankful our Lord taught us right here. Here's the, 
the model prayer. In verse 9, Jesus said, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And as we see, right, he starts out with Father, intimacy. Or another translation will even say, Your name be honored as holy. And we just have this sense of Jesus is telling us when we start our prayers, we should start with reverence when we pray, right? Not rush into prayer without any reverence. And hallowed being meaning like holy, right? When you hear the word holy, maybe you're thinking pure. And in some ways in the Bible, it, it can be used as that. But a lot of times in the Bible, when it says that God is holy, it's talking about he is separate. He's separate from us. That means he's, he's nothing like us, right? Sometimes as Christians, we, we will think that God is like us, but bigger because we know that we're made in his image. But God is nothing like us. I mean, he is the, the great I am's attributes are just completely, and we cannot even begin to fathom them. And so even as you see me right now, just try, our words even fail us when we try to, when we're, we're studying who he is and trying to explain to other, our own hearts and to other people who he is, it will fail us every time because he is, he is so amazing. And so when we pray, may we, when we go before him, may we even just take some time just to understand or try to understand who we're talking to. And, may, and that will help us to pray. May we be in awe of who we're talking to. And in Jesus, he continues, right? Jesus says, your kingdom come. This is a prayer for missions. Your kingdom. And that's what I, I love. It's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so glad our kids get the opportunity to, to visit other churches and even um, see another church around the world and how God operates. And there's, there's believers in every tribe, tongue, and nation, how we're all together, and we're all living for the same king, all headed towards the same kingdom. And we can all partner together. We're not all trying to build our own little kingdom somewhere, our own little ministries, but we're all pulling everything and laying down our lives for this one kingdom. Your kingdom come. May we pray for the advancement of his name and his kingdom around the world. I love John Piper's quote when he says this, missions exist because worship doesn't. The reason that we go, the reason that you sin, and the reason I pray and I hope that some of your kids or some of you will be that you will go someday is because there are people, there are millions, billions of people who still don't know him. We go for their joy so that they will know their creator, so that they will worship. We were all made to worship, right? And everyone around the world is worshiping something. And we want to go with the gospel and tell them it's Jesus, it's God, Yahweh, who deserves your worship, who is the true king. And oh, I pray, as I said, I pray God will send some of you or many of you to go around the world. Maybe your kids, maybe your grandkids. And I pray, or maybe some of you, and I pray that God will give you the grace to encourage them to go and take the gospel. And as as we continue, the last thing we'll look at that Jesus taught us, I wish we had more time, but... He says, your will be done. He teaches us to pray that way, right? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's sometimes a hard thing to pray, is it not? When you're praying for your children, praying for anybody, your loved ones, but just always adding that, right? Your will be done, not our will, because God, you know. Right? We don't want anything that God doesn't want. His will is perfect, right? He's outside of time. He knows how everything's going to be wrapped up at the end. And so when we pray, may we pray, your will be done. And what amazes me is that we can know so much of his will. 
right? And when we spend time in the word, our minds are renewed, right? Because his will will start to be our will, and we will pray his will, his purposes and his plans. And his word guides our prayers. A lot of times we have to be careful as Christians. A lot of people will say, you know, I, um, I pray a lot. You know, this last we'll talk about Bible reading, and they'll say, I don't really read my Bible, but I pray a lot. And it's kind of like prayer is like talking, and, and reading the Bible is like listening. The Bible says, right, we must be quick to listen, slow to speak. May we bring our, the word of God and pray through the Bible and let the word lead us in our prayers. And I think when we're thinking about when Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done, you cannot think of that example that he gave us and, and not think of the time that he prayed that himself, right? In Gethsemane, before he went to the cross. If you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 20, 26. And this is where our Lord Jesus, he prayed that prayer. Matthew 26, verse 39, says this. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And you can't think of, I mean, you back up a verse, right? And Jesus said, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. And it makes you think, what is in that cup, right? Because Jesus, he is the lion from the tribe of Judah. He was scared of nothing, right? He was in the desert, tempted by Satan himself after fasting for 40 days. He's in the boat during the storm. But right here, when you read this part, you're thinking, what is in the cup, right? And I remember when Pastor Aaron shared that article, The Two Cups, and he always shares great things, always try to to look those things up and read it. And I remember reading that article, and I, and I enjoyed it and, and, and liked it so much. And in that article, he, he was pointing out that there's two cups. And right here, he explained what that cup was. Because in the Old Testament, the scriptures they had, it can only be three different cups, right? One cup is like a physical cup. Other one could be the cup of blessing that God pours out, was a symbol. And the other one was the wrath of God. Fifteen verses in the Old Testament that talks about the wrath of God. Why am I talking about this? The reason is because as I've talked to people, about the gospel, talked about this cup that Jesus referred to right here, what he drank on the cross. A lot of people don't understand that it was the wrath of God, the righteous wrath of God. He was right in doing, just in doing, good. Right? He cannot clear the guilty. And Jesus, on the cross for three hours, he drank the whole cup, the, the wrath of God, the furious wrath of God, which you and I deserve. I was reading this morning in Matthew chapter 1. It's talking about, remember the angel said you give him the name Jesus because he, will take, because he will take away the sins of his people. And what a glorious truth that he who knew no sin became sin. I mean, isn't that amazing? His mercy is more as we sing about it, and you just think about all the sins that you've, you and I have committed in our life and he can just wash them away like that because he paid for them on the cross only God can take the wrath of God and keep on breathing. God, Jesus, the God-man, three hours, the, the time that hell was on earth for three hours, and so that you and I wouldn't have to drink that cup. And as, as the article, was, as I was pointing out, there's a different cup you see in the same chapter, Matthew chapter 26, right? When he's talking to his disciples in verse 27, and he took a cup, and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. And that was the cup of the forgiveness of sins. So, Everyone in this room, ask yourself, what cup are you going to drink? You and I cannot drink that cup in three hours. 
There will be a day if we have not repented and put our trust in Christ. How do I know if I've done it? Because your life will be transformed. When you believe in Jesus, he will change your life. You will be born again. You will be a new creation. What cup are we going to drink? And may we make it our, our goal, everything to us today, to make sure we know which cup we have taken hold of. And what I love is when you're, we're thinking about Jesus and thinking about when he drank the last sip of the cup. Remember what he said? It is finished. That's right. But I'm so thankful to Jesus that he's not finished with us. Right? The Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father. He's now our great mediator, praying on behalf of us. Just like when he was on the earth and he was praying for Peter, right? He is now our great mediator and praying on behalf of us. And when we pray in Jesus' name, it's because he makes our prayers possible. When you're reading the Old Testament, I just try to put myself in their shoes, right? They only send a high priest once a year into the Holy of Holies, just one person once a year. But now... (laughs) The veil has been torn, and what a beautiful picture. There's nothing between us because of Jesus. We can go into the holy of holies at any time, right? And Paul even told us we can pray without ceasing. Any time of the day, you and I can enter into the holy of holies in the presence of God and be with him. Oh, may God help us to see how precious and what a privilege that is, and may we fight for time and slip away to do that and to be with him. I want to share with you one more verse this is probably one of the verses that, maybe one of the first verses I learned in Thai because I wanted to share with people when we're sharing the gospel and it's in Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13 and, and God said this. Please listen to this verse. God said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So seek him in secret prayer. Knowing God and communion with him is the greatest of all pursuits, so may we prioritize it. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to live your life on your knees. Lead your family, lead your spouse, lead your kids, lead your parents, lead everybody around, and especially lead your own heart into prayer. And may we invest in prayer and for each other and for the kingdom. And as I shared earlier with you, we need your prayers we are so thankful for, for financial support because we could not be there. But we know that we can be there with all the financial support we need and more. And if God does not hear our prayers and we are not seeking for his spirit to move among the Thai people and in their hearts, we can be spinning our tires there and, and nothing be accomplished. So please pray for us. And I just want to remind you of five more things real fast. I think they're in your bulletin that you can be praying for us about because we, we need God's help. We need your prayers. Pray for us about land, a building. We're not sure what it needs to be, but pray that God will give us wisdom and guidance and help with that. Pray for us as we're trying to train leaders. Um, We know North Bangkok Church one day, Lord willing, if God grows the church, uses the church and sustains the church, there will be a day that Joe and I both will not be there. And we pray that he will raise up other leaders and even we can send out other leaders to start more churches because there are places in Thailand where you can live there. And a lot of our friends, when they have to leave the city because it's too expensive and they go back to their hometown, the reason that they're, they're so torn inside, they have to move back either to take care of family or because they don't have enough money to live in the city. They are just torn to pieces. I was texting a friend last week because there's just no church. Even if they could drive an hour, there's still no church. There are so many places that need churches. Another thing I ask you to pray for us is pray that God 
would give us boldness in sharing the gospel. Pray for each other that God would make us bold to share the gospel. It's hard in your own language and in your own context. But sometimes, I'll just be honest, I'm a, I'm a coward. Even if how much we, we're starting to learn the language and the culture, sometimes I just cower down and I just pray, as, as Paul did. And I'm so comforted with that. Even if he prayed, if he prayed that God would, that for he would have, have other people pray for him to be bold, how much more bold should we be? So pray that God will help Brittany and I, Joe and Jesse, others that are serving there to be bold and understand that there is power in the gospel. And as I will be praying for you, as you share with your families, because I understand, even while we're here, we're trying to share the gospel. And and we understand, we say, no matter how many times you've heard it, right? Because when people do come to faith when they're born again, what do they say? I've never heard the gospel before. And we're just thinking, you know, just being in this context, you've heard it. But God gave you light. Gave you, he, he just gave you new life right then. So pray, maybe we pray for each other to be bold in sharing the gospel. Last thing is pray for us as we say goodbye to our family, June 30th. If you would remember us that day, June 30th is going to be, Lord willing, if that's the day we get to fly out, it's going to be a difficult day. So please pray for us and our families and for our children especially. So um, again, I just want to thank you, church. We love you all so much, and we're so thankful for you. I, I love even our, our children are starting to pray when they pray. Uh, recently, they were just praying, thank you, Lord, for the supporting church, the, the churches that love us and help us to be there. So from the bottom of our heart, thank you. Thank you, church, for supporting us and praying for us. May we pray together one more time. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for you. Thank you that, we, that your word is an extension of you, that we can, when we believe your word, we believe you. When we obey your word, we're obeying you. Father, I pray for those who maybe are here this morning that ignore your word. I pray that you would help them to see that they're ignoring you. Oh God, we pray that you would teach us to pray. Lord, help us to be more like your son Jesus. Lord, help us to humble ourselves. Help us to get rid of distractions. Help us to put to death, sin, secret sin in our life, whatever it is, Lord, that's between us and you, Father, we pray that you would help us to get rid of it so that we can spend sweet time with you, communion with you, Lord, and we look forward to that day where we're going to be with you and see you face to face, Lord, we just pray until then that you would light our hearts on fire, that you would give us all, all of us, a zeal to make your name hallowed and to make it known among the nations, and Father, we thank you for the work that you're already doing. We pray that you would send more people out, that you would do great things for your namesake. And Father, we just thank you again for this time we have together. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.